0: This is just us being Jesus with skin on, and so the focus has to be Jesus. And, and so we make sure that is absolutely the first thing that we teach them and the last thing that we teach them and where we give all the credit.
1: This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we're going to take a trip to Africa where one ministry is seeing powerful results in lifting women and families out of poverty. Dr. Deb Waterbury is my guest, and you're going to enjoy her for sure. Dr. Deb is the founder of Love Everlasting Ministries, a ministry dedicated to educating and empowering women all over the world. She founded the Reap What You Sow School for Women and Project Malanda to train and educate impoverished women in Malawi. And they did a documentary film all about it, so we'll be talking about that too. Dr. Deb also hosts her own weekly podcast, and she's on YouTube too. Those are called Real Life with Deb Waterbury and Get Real with Deb Waterbury. She earned her doctorate of ministry in biblical expository studies from Pillsbury Seminary in St. Louis. And she's speaking to us today from her home in hot and dry tucson arizona that's where she and her husband jeff live and he's a lieutenant colonel in the air national guard so very interesting there welcome to charisma connection dr deb i get the feeling you and your husband are always on the move am i right
0: (laughs) well we used to be now that we're getting old we're kind of trying to stay in one place (laughs) but yeah we used to be on the move a lot
1: Well, in my introduction, I touched on a number of aspects of your ministry, but how do you keep the ball rolling in all of those areas, and what's your priority these days?
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay, how I keep the ball rolling, I think it just rolls, and I try to stay out of the way. It's pretty much what I think is happening in my life. Um, Yeah, I I mean, my priority is going to always be my school in Africa, um, and, and both actually both schools and and my work in Africa in particular. I'm I'm also a writer and so I'm I'm right in the middle of writing a couple more books and I'm a biblical counselor as well, so I have clients all day speaking to them in biblical counseling and speaking at conferences around the country as well. So I have a lot of things that are happening, but in terms of what is most important to me, it's always going to be those women in Africa.
1: Well, that's great. Well, tell us about Love Everlasting Ministries and why you decided to start that ministry and also what your vision is for it.
0: Well, I started Love Everlasting Ministries, gosh, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 years ago. I was actually the women's minister at a local church and just was really impacted both from my own experiences and from the women that I was counseling and ministering to there about how we don't understand the truest love and what that looks like of Jesus Christ for us um, that is not conditional, that has nothing to do with us, that it's all about him. And so from that, then I knew I I just began this ministry because I was speaking around the country at that point and needed a, a reference point for people to contact me. And then I just, I met some people from Africa and spoke at a pastor's conference that was actually being held here an international pastors conference held here in Tucson and made some connections and, fell in love with the Malawians the first time I visited there and just, you know, one thing led to another, kept going and speaking there and eventually realizing that I needed to do something a little more for them as opposed to not that there's more than the gospel. And I don't mean to imply that, but that, you know, Jesus also, when he was speaking to the multitudes and on the, on the Hills, he, he knew that he needed to feed their stomachs so that they would hear him. So he did, he fed the 4,000 and he fed the 5,000 and he did that, not only because of of their needs, but because understanding that full bellies have more attentive ears. (laughs) So I I realized I needed to do something more practically as well as give the gospel for these women, which naturally led into the schools.
1: Now, Malawi is a poverty stricken nation, wouldn't you say, in Southern Africa, right?
0: It is. It is. It's in, yes, South Southeastern Africa, and yes, it has been, in, a couple of years ago, the World Health Organization declared it to be the poorest country in the world. So mm. yes, it is extraordinarily impoverished.
1: Now, you started the Reap What You Sow school there. That uh, trains women to make their livelihood in sewing. So how did that come about?
0: Well, again, I was speaking to Augustine Mgala. He, he and his wife, Priscilla, are two of my very, very closest friends there in Blantyre, Malawi, and he's the first one who kind of made me start thinking about what I could possibly do within Love Everlasting Ministries to help the women on a more practical level there, because he, you know, he's got, he pastors, I don't know, 111 churches around in Malawi and in other countries, and and most of these people are impoverished. The church itself is impoverished. But the most impoverished people in this most impoverished people are these women who most of them are either widows or divorced or whatever. And he was having a hard time providing for them out of a church that had no money anyway. So he understood that the best way for them to do that was to be able to provide for themselves and maybe just start thinking about it. And and I prayed for it. I prayed about it for about four years.
1: Well, what kind of results are you seeing, uh, let's say spiritually and economically, for the women you've been training there?
0: Well, the women are, are vetted through the church. So the women who come to the Reap What You Sow school are, are all Christians, or at least know about Christ. But we do have chapel, and we have pastors that and they are you know required to attend chapel every week. And it is a training school that trains them not only in tailoring, but in business. Skills, So they are starting their own businesses at the end of their training after six months because we give them the machine that they've been sewing on during their training as well as a starter kit. And so what we've seen now, we're just about to have our sixth class, I think, graduate. And we've got about, and actually I think the percentage is higher now, right around 85 to 90% of our graduates are now running their own businesses. And what, you know, when I go and visit and I get to talk to them and hear them talk about what they're going, you know, their lives, how their lives have changed. The one thing that m- almost all of them, there's two things actually, but the top thing they talk about that they are so happy they can do now is tithe. <laughs> These women mm. are so happy that they now can tithe to the church that they've loved and served and been going to all their lives or for so many years and have felt like, They couldn't actually give back to the Lord, and now they can, and it just gives them such joy. It is a real—it's so impacting to me and to the people that I take just to hear them talk about that.
1: So are all of the people who get trained, are they Christians?
0: They are. They are, or they at least attend the church mm-hmm. um, they, and we haven't got anybody that's graduated who isn't a believer by the end. <laughs> and oh, very even good. our bigger <laughs> school you know, and even our bigger school, we, it will be vetted, and there'll be chapel. and, um, and it, the gospel is the center of all that, of and we want to make sure they understand this is, this is just us being Jesus with skin on. And so the focus has to be Jesus, and, and so we make sure that is absolutely the first thing that we teach them and the last thing that we teach them, and where we give all the credit.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, who specifically trains these women in the sewing skills? Is it people from the church?
0: It is. Well, the woman who is the head teacher at Reap what You Sew does attend the church. She is a professional seamstress and actually had her own school. Her, I mean, that she was training people in tailoring before we employed her but she was destitute and she only Mm -hmm. had one or two students and she had her husband left her. So even her getting this job where now she has got a salary and she's just risen to, I mean, she's amazing that she has gotten that she has been brought out of poverty as well. And it's been a beautiful thing to watch how the school has uh, just the bringing these women, this kind of opportunity has just had arms that have stretched in so many different directions. But yes, um, she is a part of the church and a Christian as well.
1: So, is this a school you hope to replicate in other places in Malawi and in other countries?
0: It is. Actually, we have already have requests to have the school in Mozambique, in Kenya, South Africa, Zimbabwe. Those are countries that have literally reached out to us and wanted. And actually, I just had a conversation the other day, um, three way conversation with a friend of mine who is in the Philippines. She's a missionary and she had me in contact with a man in Pakistan. And so we did a three-way call the other day um, for me to talk about actually having a school in Pakistan as well. So there are lots of places that would like to have the reap what you sow school. It's just a matter. We, we know we needed to get the, the demographics and everything correct for this first one. And we're just about to get to the place where we know it's rolling appropriately, that we can have a, a template that we can then move from other places. So yeah, we're, I mean, I've got big plans for this. I always have big plans. I just kind of, <laughs> I have to, I think the Lord has to remind me just to walk and stop running. So yeah, I got big plans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now you are also starting Project Melanda. What does Melanda mean?
0: Malunda means trade in Chitua, and Chitua is the indigenous language for Malawi. So it just means trade. So basically, it's project trade.
1: Okay. And what skills will you be teaching from that school, and are they, I assume that they're all viable for women in Malawi?
0: Absolutely. Yes, it's going to be, we're going to have three things there that we teach, tailoring, culinary arts and estheticians. Um, we we want to actually, this school is going to be, have women coming who can actually pay for the education. What we've understood after having this school and having so many women, we have a waiting list of over 200 women to get into reap what you sow. We could only have 10 women at a time in this benevolent school because we buy everything. and They pay, you know, we have them pay them every month just so they have some some skin in the game it's like 67 cents so it's not mm-hmm. a, a lot it's a lot for them 500 quacha which is what they pay it's a lot for them but you know relatively small amount but what we found out is there are a lot of women who actually can pay even if it's a little bit so we're going to have this on a sliding scale and women will actually attend this more as on a, like a college level or a trade school level so we'll have those three divisions all the time in project molunda this big school and then we'll take the smaller reap what you sow school which is just meeting right now in kind of a dilapidated building on the church grounds and we'll move it over to the nice new building that we're going to build. And what my plan is, is that hopefully eventually Project Malunda, the school itself, because it will be funded by people who are actually coming to the school, that it itself can fund the benevolent reap what you So school so that eventually we don't have to depend on American monies or monies from other people that donate to run that school. And, you know, they, they want to be, they want to be self-sufficient and, and not have to depend on donations. That's not the point anyway. So that's kind of my long-term goal there in Malawi.
1: Okay. So you mentioned three things, the tailoring, the culinary, and esthetician, which I believe is a big word for cutting hair. <laughs> yes. And
0: doing skin and stuff like that. Yes, yes, okay.
1: <laughs> Making people beautiful. All right. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, I do want to comment on your documentary that is just really well done. It's award winning now, and you have uh, women who you've trained, and they're sharing some of their stories, some of their testimonies from being part of the school, and they are just really moving and from the heart. So, I want to flag that, and it's just like a half an hour documentary, I believe, um, mm-hmm. and people can yeah, go we and, actually and have watch a half that.
0: An hour There's a half an hour version, and there's also an hour version. Oh, Um, You can watch either one. Okay. And they're both on my YouTube channel.
1: Very good. So will Project Melanda, it'll work along the same lines as the sewing school that you've got now then?
0: It will. It will, just teaching those three different um, areas, other than the fact that the women will pay to attend the school, and they will not receive... It's not the it's not going to be a benevolent arm of this. So they won't they won't receive the stuff at the end to start mm-hmm. their own business. They're going to receive training and they'll pay something on a sliding scale to attend this trade school. So it's on the same level, but not in the benevolent sense. Although the So school will continue to be benevolent.
1: Okay, gotcha. So how is um, mentoring a factor here?
0: <laughs> you know, these women are so amazing. What,
1: especially when I
0: go there and hear what they say. They learn these skills, and they're so appreciative, and they see how it changes the lives not only of just their families, but of the entire village. And so they are now training other women in their villages to sew. And 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 it, what I love about that is because, you know, the, these women go into these villages, and they want it's best for them to be the only tailor <laughs> because if they're the only tailor, they get all the business. But that's not even the way they think. The way they think is, this has been granted to me. What a gift I've been given. Of course, I want to share this with other people. And they're they're training other women. And it's just the most beautiful expression of, of Jesus with skin on and, and paying it forward and understanding what it looks like to live a true Christian life. Yeah, so that's what they do in this is train other people.
1: hmm well, looking back on your life and how you got into ministry, like, for instance, when you were going to Pillsbury, did you think, uh, oh, someday I'm going to work in Malawi with uh, women and teach them how to sew? <laughs> I'll mean, uh, oh, have the, mercy, no. <laughs> no. I mean, that, that's quite unexpected, right? How did, how did this really happen? You know, you coming from Arizona and getting involved in the poorest country in the world.
0: Well, you know, again, meeting Augustine and Priscilla Mgala here, um, along with some great friends from South Africa and Zimbabwe at that International Pastors Conference that I was speaking about, mm. really was the opening of that door and, and then beginning to travel over there. But I was traveling over there to speak, to you know, speak at conferences and stuff. But I got my doc—I got my doctorate because I know that traveling in Africa with credentials is much easier. Mm-hmm. In order to move between countries, move between immigrations, they uh, having the doctorate credentials speaks—they speak highly of that in the African nations. So it just made travel easier. That's the only reason I got my doctorate was because I wanted to be able to travel within the countries of Africa more easily. Starting a school—never in my wildest dreams, ever. Because, matter of fact, the funny thing is, is when I started Love Everlasting Ministries, I purposefully wrote the mission to say that we wouldn't do that. <laughs> that would be the—that would be the one thing I was like, "We're not going to be other. We're not going to be other. You know, ministries. I'm not called to start schools or dig wells or whatever." I'm called to preach the gospel and to, you know, do this for women around the world. That was my, and I was just sure that was not what I was supposed to do. And I can't sew, So that's kind of (laughs) silly too. So the the whole thought that I would do exactly what I thought I wouldn't do with, and teaching the thing that I can't do anyway is, it has to be God. That has to be God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, how can our (laughs) listeners get involved in your ministry?
0: Well, they can visit my website at Deb Waterbury, that's dot com. And if they go there, at the very top, there is one of the little clicks that you can click on Project Melunda. And that'll take you to the website for that and there, people we can have them donate at any level one time month we love our monthly donors monthly donors get a monthly update from all the students they get pictures and see how well they're doing and we have different giving levels and we even let them know you know according to how much they give what they're actually buying so like for forty dollars a month they're purchasing a sewing machine for a student Um, at sixty dollars a month they're paying the teacher's salary for the school and at $100 a month they're paying the for they're buying a, a sewing machine plus the starter kit for and all the material that a student needs to complete her education. So we love our monthly donors, but goodness gracious, we will we'll take anything. Anything <laughs> at this point.
1: <laughs> You're not shy, are you? <laughs>
0: no, not a bit. You can't be shy and, and run ahead of this this rock you were talking about rolling around. I gotta I gotta run. <laughs>
1: there, you really go. there you go. Well it's it's just a, a great ministry and um, anyone who wants to give would certainly be blessed by it, I'm sure.
0: I, and we'd appreciate it. the women would be totally blessed
1: for mm-hmm. sure. Well, as we close, would you like to pray for our listeners, Doctor Deb? Oh, I would love to. Father, I thank
0: you so much for giving us the opportunity to enter into kingdom work. Uh, there is kingdom work all over the place, Father, and we know that our our one, our number one purpose on this earth is to be a kingdom builder. And and in our communities, Father, help us, help all the listeners, help me, help us to figure out just by looking around, where we can enter into kingdom building. Father, that is that is the way that we honor you. It is the way that we become people of eternity. Father, I pray for the listeners. I pray that they would understand, see, move, and, and live in the love that you have for them as they just pay it out, Father, being Jesus with skin on, moving in the community to show them that the one thing that every single soul needs is you. Father, I pray you bless, keep, And just love all those who are listening and all those who are involved in this ministry in particular. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: All right. Amen. Thank you, Deb. Um, We have really appreciated learning about you. And I know there's a lot more to your story if people want to, you know, dig around your YouTube and (laughs) listen to your (laughs) podcast and everything like that.
0: And, yeah, listener beware.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you've got a few books, too. So... Uh, All of that can be found at debwaterberry.com. That is the central location to go to. So thank you, Dr. Deb, for joining us today on Charisma Connection.
0: Thank you so much. My pleasure.
1: Listeners, be sure to stop by cpnshows.com. Because there you'll find a wide variety of programs on the Growing Charisma Podcast Network. Perhaps you'll be interested in Jolt of Joy with Carol McLeod. That's a fun one. Or the Linda Fields Show with Linda's practical and spiritual advice for professional success and productivity. You can learn more about those podcasts and many more at cpnshows.com. Thank you for listening.